the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of The John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They've had a great season. Take a ride and uh, visit Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Where are they located? Easy to get to right off of Route 4, located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Look for them on Facebook. They have a great Facebook page, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Also, their website is prmaterials.shop. Boy, it feels like fall right now. I was there just the other day. Straw, corn stalks, sugar pumpkins, carving pumpkins, gourds, large and small, full arrangements and crafts. The mum and kale have come in just fantastic. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron right off Route 4. Take a ride to Rhode Island's number one garden center. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Well, folks, it's John DePetro. Remember, you can always visit the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. This, um, this incident over the weekend is so horrific with these two L.A. County sheriffs uh, deputies that were basically just sitting there in their car right near the Compton line and then shot by the gunman. Where were the uh, moments of silence for them at the football games? Did you watch any football over the weekend? Where were the moment of silence? You know, this is what it's been building towards. Let me ask you a question. Does your life matter? Does my life matter? What were they doing wrong? What were these two L.A. County Sheriff deputies, what were they doing wrong other than they signed up to protect and to serve? I am so tired of the police being under attack. And where were all the celebrities condemning this? Where were all the progressives condemning this? Why wasn't Black Lives Matter condemning this? Why weren't some of the other elected officials, Cicilline, Alorza, they weigh in on everything. They weigh in and if there's some kind of a confrontation in Wisconsin or in, in uh, they've done it in L.A., Atlanta, obviously Minneapolis. Why are they silent on this? Don't the police lives matter? Can we even say that anymore? Folks, what is happening? I have just, th- this is so horrific. And you see it, the brazenness of it, walking right up. And you had people, <coughs> you had people online, the anti-police crowd, the Antifa people that were celebrating. They were blocking the entrance. Did you hear about that? They were blocking the entrance on the highway so they couldn't get them to the hospital. The crowds cheering, wanting them to die. You know, this is so terrible. And I, as many of you know, folks, I support our law enforcement 100%. And uh, not only that, but you have to back the blue. But this is just so terrible. And we're our, see, you know, if you allow people to continue to say that all cops are bad, if you allow, you know, some of these groups, how about the ones that are silent? They don't say a word as these people continue to preach. Cops are racist. Cops are bad. It's about time we go out and get some cops. Hey, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, folks, I was there. Go to the website, petro.com. You see him right there at the rally where they're talking about maybe it's time to kill some cops and all cops are racist and they get some of ours. Maybe we'll get some of them. And he didn't say a word. That's how embarrassing that is. And everyone is silent about it. Well, I'm not silent about it. I'm not going to be silent about it. These LA County sheriffs, 
that was absolutely terrible what happened in the video, the brazenness of it. Suddenly, they're just sitting there. And folks, there's going to be copycats. I see another headline, Kaepernick takes aim. Oh, that's just propaganda. What does that tell you? See, there's, there's, no, there's no way to satisfy that guy. Now we know why no one was listening to Colin Kaepernick, okay? Because his, dem his demands will never be met. He puts out equations and situations. They'll never be solved. Even when the NFL bends over backwards, everybody take a knee, moment of unity, everything, Kaepernick, nope, not enough, all propaganda. There's just, there's no, you can't, you know, satisfy the guy. And it'll always be that way. I was so glad, by the way, that the Patriots came out. They stood for the national anthem. See, it, it is time, if you're listening right now and you feel you're in the silent the silent majority, we will get our say in election day, but you have to be vocal before then. And I really think a big part of this is calling out the people that want to go along, like that McKee, Lieutenant Governor, former Mayor of Cumberland, Dan McKee, at an anti-police rally, Oh, no, no, I, I was just talking, I, I never thought, no, no, no. Listen, it's very simple. Black Lives Matter was started, and the whole foundation centers around actions of law enforcement, period. That's not up for debate. It's not my opinion. It is a fact. It is an indisputable fact. He may want to try to convince you of something else. If they're having a rally or a gathering, it has to do with police, it has to do with law enforcement. That's what they do. If there's somebody that works as a baggage handler at an airline, loses his job, Black Lives Matter doesn't show up. They show up when there's some kind of confrontation with law enforcement, whether it's George Floyd in Minneapolis or you hear them in Louisville about the Breonna Taylor situation or then that Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. That's when they come out. It went back to Michael Brown and Ferguson, and it really started actually with Trayvon Martin, who, who th that George Zimmerman wasn't even a police officer. So, but, you know, this whole business, folks, there's going to be more of this, not less. There's going to be more copycats. If you have, and by the way, the progressives are right on board. How about locally? You know, you won't have any politicians that call out these protesters. They were protesting on Federal Hill. What did one member of the media say? Oh, they were just having a conversation with diners. No, they weren't. They were using obscene language. They were threatening people, spitting in food, knocking over people, threatening them, telling them, hey, you know, hey, kids, see your mommy and daddy. We're going to come and kill them. We're going to kill all the white people here. Maybe it's time for another riot. That's what that was. It was the media that downplayed. It was the media that wouldn't say that they were using threats. It was the media that wouldn't say they use foul language. And you have complicit members of the media that won't tell you that they have arrest records, many of the protesters, that won't tell you that they carry weapons. They won't, they won't even mention that they carry knives. They won't mention the foul language. They won't mention the threats. Because they probably, number one, they're probably afraid of them. And number two, they want to continue the narrative that, and, and I know it has almost seemed cliche at this point, but this foolishness about the, you know, quote, peaceful protest, there's nothing peaceful about it. And 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 those people were cheering and people like Cicilline and Dan McKee and Alorza and some certain members of the media that won't cover it 
or that embarrassing night of the riot when that firefighter completely lied about why he had been uh, pulled over or why they had pulled guns on him. And there's the reporter. She's rubbing his back. Oh, you're so brave. Rubbing his back. You're so brave. You mean how he told a half truth? You mean how he told half the story of why he was profiled? That he was out, wasn't supposed to be outside the station, wasn't supposed to be outside. There was a curfew. And right down the street, two people had robbed someone that had a gun. That's what that was about. <clears throat> and I'm still not convinced there wasn't a weapon in the vehicle. The reporter rubbing his back. You're so brave. Yeah, so brave. He almost had some police officers killed that night. Folks, it is time for people to speak back. But this situation with those two, it, it is just so, listen, it's what we've been telling you, okay? They're dangerous. They're violent. They are, this whole thing of the LA deputies ambushed. That's how they operate. And many people, you know, I received an email from someone said, you know, don't uh, keep retweeting that some of the people were cheering. Why not? Let people see that they were blocking the ramps. Let them see. Let them let people see that they were cheering that it happened. They were happy. And I'm talking about the Black Lives Matter and the protesters. But this business, you watch, the NFL rating is going to be down again. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I, it was good to see uh, Cam Newton. It was good to see the Patriots. It was good to take our, our, to me, take our minds off the whole thing for a while. It was uh, not so good for Tom Brady, but it was just to, you know, it's been so long, folks. This has been such a grind with this whole thing of, of COVID. My God, it's just been brutal. So I'm, I'm not going on board. I know some people, I'm not watching them, but I just, listen, you, you need the release. It was, it's a nice distraction to have. It does. But it is time to hold a lot of these people accountable that don't bash them. That is terrible what happened. Gunning down those deputies sitting there in their car. These people have lost their minds. We have to fight back. I'm telling you, you want to talk about an important election. Hey, I want to remind you again about J. Perry Paving. This is a great time of year, by the way, whether it's residential, commercial, SEA coating patios, J, as in the letter J, J. Perry Paving. Look for them online, their website, jperrypaving.com. But they always provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. They are committed. They stay on schedule. All projects exceed your expectations. J. Perry Paving. They offer free estimates. Any project. Look at their work. It's just impeccable. But call them today. 732-1730. Any paving project you have. J. Perry Paving. 732-1730. Residential, commercial, seal coating, patios. Hey, learn the benefits of asphalt. J. Perry Paving. 732-1730. Seeing those... Uh, those deputies that was out in Compton, which is ironic because that's where this whole thing really started back in the nineties with NWA and the whole thing of blank, the police. And, but see, look that, look at the mindset that the police are bad. The police are the enemy racist police as Dan McKee, the Lieutenant governor pumped his fist. That's right. Racist police, racist police, the nerve of that guy, racist police as he was attending a, a, an anti-police rally in Barrington, of all places. 
Dan McKee, does he feel? Why? Does Lieutenant Governor McKee feel the state police are racist? Does he feel the Cumberland police? He was the mayor. Are they racist? He doesn't feel that way? Then why is he attending an anti-police rally where he's pumping his fist and cheering? That's right. All cops are bad. Racist police. Talk about pandering. Guy is the definition of pathetic. Someone, I don't care. Someone has to call these idiots out on it. Then let it be me. But we're not going to be silent. You have a right to know. You absolutely have a right to know who these people are. Oh, I'm just going to go. I'm just there for my support. No, no, no. You're in an anti-police rally. Okay, McKee? Okay, Lieutenant Governor? No wonder Ramundo blows you off. All the complaining. You want some cheese with that wine? Well, I just think you should think nothing. You have no power of that office. Okay? Just be happy you're there. Instead of going to anti-police rallies. First time ever, folks. Unprecedented. Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, former mayor of Cumberland, attending an anti-police rally. You know, it's uh, interesting. I didn't uh, I didn't see his statement condemning the protests on Federal Hill that was spitting in people's food and threatening them, threatening to kill them. I didn't see Dan McKee call out the protesters when they knocked down that veteran that simply somebody's grandfather got up to use the men's room. Maybe he didn't want to sit there and pump his fist to cheer along as much as McKee would. How pathetic. No wonder Ramundo doesn't give him the time of day. Absolute doofus. I'm Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. Yeah. Why don't you borrow a buck and go buy yourself some class? Hey, folks, this time of year, it is starting to get chilly. Remember, for all your oil needs, call Henry Oil, 521-0200-401-521-0200. Now, listen, a fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, Call Henry Oil, reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery, residential and commercial. They have service contracts, budget plans. Call my friends. Call Carmine at Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Online, henryoil.com, or call them 401-521-0200, the original, the best, since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. So, folks, I, uh, again, I want to offer my um, support 100% to the police, okay? I don't know. I don't think. I, I don't understand why if they say, oh, most protesters aren't bad. It's just a few bad apples. Well, you can certainly say the same thing about law enforcement. Most police follow the letter of the law and do a great job except for just a few bad apples but we're not allowed to say that anymore now i'm going to continue to support the police and you're not a racist and we're all going to vote and we're going to make sure that we don't hand the country over to joe Biden. how about bernie sanders saying we need to be a little more left and progressive uh rhode island's moving progressive enough all right leave it right here a lot more ahead right here you're listening to the john DePietro show well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help. 
part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, 11 to 2 a.m., 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Just on the upper left, you click Listen Live. Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week. With me, he is the managing editor, OceanStateCard.com, Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off with uh, some of the primary results of uh, last week, especially from last Tuesday, and um, really uh, a strong message being sent. And starting off with um, someone who'd been a thorn in the side, this is real politics, thorn in the side of the speaker, uh, Maura Walsh, representative of Providence, was defeated. She decided to then just kind of, you know, light it up on uh, social media. But let's start off with your reaction on, on at least her being defeated. Well, I think that was the one, the one area that I wasn't terribly surprised about. I was overall, I, I kind of surprised that the progressives did as well as they did generally. Uh, so I don't know if her being the exception to that rule has to do with uh, the, the quality of the candidate run against her or the power of the, the insiders in that particular area, or maybe just because she's been in office and so she has a record that people in her community were able to judge her on as compared with a lot of the other progressives that have won or new faces. Um, so, but overall, I, I was, I, 
I was kind of, you know, taken aback and having to reevaluate some of my assumptions watching progressives kind of march through some of the insiders, uh, particularly with, with Sam Bell being able to overcome uh, insider opposition because he he's been another thorn in, in the Senate president's side in that case. And also in, here in Tiverton, the progressive took out the son of John Edwards IV uh, in a really smashing victory, not only, not only in the, uh, at the polls in these cases, but also what surprised me was the progressives did very well in the mail ballots, whereas we're, that's where I kind of expected the insiders to have a better, a better lane, uh, a better access to the, the fraud and quasi fraud of mail ballots. Um, so that surprised me. Uh, so I, in, in that regard, compared to the rest, it's almost surprising that Moira Walsh went down. Uh, touch on it a little bit. What do you, why do you think they were so successful, Justin? I mean, one thing I will say, by and large, about the progressives is they are they're organized. Uh, they certainly get out and, and campaign. They it's not one person. You know, they'll, they'll have a group of them, uh, three or four of them, uh, sometimes even more walking, literally going door to door in more than once. But I, I, I just wonder and, and I don't know the answer to this, but just within the Democrat primary, for instance, Joey and Ryan against that Sam Bell. What what is his message? Do you think does he have a message that resonates with more voters or are they just more progressive voters that are then voting and supporting him? Well, I, the, the conclusion I'm starting to come toward is that the the left and the, the Democrat Party in, in particular in politics have they've invested a lot of effort in the sort of the emotionalism of progressivism, the, you know, the, the basic assumptions of, you know, young people ought to vote and, and um, everybody ought to be able to get everything and government's your friend and we ought to, you know, it's moving towards socialism, basically. And there's been a lot of investment in that line. And so I think now what we're seeing is a younger generation of politician who is not willing to <laughs> to acknowledge that that's all just talking points. Uh, so a lot of a lot of what they have to say is pretty vacuous, doesn't make any sense if you think about it practically. There's a lot of dishonesty fundamental, whether they recognize it or not, in their, their ideology and their point of view, uh, but they're enthusiastic about it and it sounds good, it sells well. And so they, they're younger, they're probably largely unemployed during this time of COVID and getting uh, sub, you know, getting extra uh, unemployment insurance or, or whatever they may be doing. And they're, they're out there. And it's, it's not entirely new. We saw this in East Greenwich with uh, Caldwell versus Giarrusso in the oh, last yeah. election. So yep. there, there is an enthusiasm and uh, they, they, they get out there and they do, they say things, you know, I'm all for small businesses. <laughs> you know, they'll say anything that really, it all sounds good. And it's, it's really an emotional appeal to the voters. And I think a lot of voters have been conditioned to just go with that. And so when that starts to conflict with the, what the insiders and the, the party Democrats want, they don't really have a, a great defense uh, because they haven't trained anybody to to really think through the policies. You know, that's a, a very good point. They're very disciplined candidates. I can tell you firsthand, like Justin Caldwell, who defeated uh, Anthony Giarrusso, at the time, their top issue was they wanted abortion up until birth. And, and from what I, that was never mentioned out on the campaign trail. It is more... And they'll go to the same house, you know, two and three times. It's far more of, I think one of the things that helps is they just, they come across as very earnest and hardworking. And, and obviously 
you know, there's something to be said if someone will go to your house two or three times um, in an attempt to get it. And they start she was literally running for office for a full year before the election. And that's something that normally never happens with reps. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not that it's not that it's a part time <laughs> job. Oh, bless you. It's a part time job uh, that you know, one of a hundred and something reps and senators, you don't get 113. You don't have a whole lot of authority. So it's not something. In fact, one of the worries I've had in a year over the years is that you, the only people who have incentive to run for General Assembly are those who have some kind of inside line to to money. Uh, but right. what we were seeing with progressives, and we saw this Moira Walsh and uh, Regenberg, um, and another one who's, whose name escapes me before Regenberg, uh, they're people who are willing to live off their, their General Assembly. Uh, well, Regenberg had other income, but uh, to live off their General Assembly income and benefits and essentially yes. i mean so they're that's what we're seeing in some of these folks and a lot of them like caldwell they've got they've got spouses who are who are kind of in the movement the progressive movement to some extent or another and with healthy incomes and so they're they're not really hurting for money so they can spend a year campaigning for a a, a kind of inconsequential public office that doesn't pay very well and they they do seem earnest and, and come around a lot which i don't know reminds me of you know cultish kind of behavior which is which i think describes progressives well as too so i think that's those things are all combining and there's there's no there's no great defense to it unless you i mean you're not going to get uh say a conservative well, you're not going to get many conservatives out there i mean if they're if they have time and resources to be spending a lot of time campaigning, it's usually because they're retired, uh, in which case they, they're not gonna have the energy uh, as of a 20 something year old. And if they're not that, if they're still in business and still working, they don't have the time to spend a year walking the streets, knocking on doors. Uh, so there, there's a gap there. And it's, it's a real uh, imbalance that we're gonna, we're gonna have to be facing for a while, I think. You know, one thing <clears throat> that certainly seems um to come out and it's a consistent message is they, they are not afraid to work the street. Um, the, uh, the gentleman, I think it's Lenny Chow that almost beat uh, Senate president Dominic Regeer. As a matter of fact, apparently in Providence, he clobbered him, but he proudly said, um, you know, 4,000 doors and uh, with the Senate district, there's certainly enough houses that in uh, homes that that would make sense, but you, you tend to believe it. I mean, and there's, there's a lot to be said for that, Justin Katz. To me, <clears throat> the Rhode Island Republican Party, as much as they talk about being outspent and, you know, it's so tough people lean Democrat. But even now, I don't see that all hands on deck, really pedal to the metal uh, type of uh, attitude in, in trying to really, you know, work it as, as best possible. And I'll just give you two quick, ex well, one basic example, but it's two things. And that is, you know, I attended two of those um, Trump, whatever you want to call them, flotillas. One was a boat parade at Rocky Point. And I mean, you have, you had over 2,000 people at Colt State Park in Bristol, and then easily 1,500 to 2,000 people at Rocky Point. And there were two different events. And not one time did I see anything that said a group of people that had signs that said, you know, Rhode Island Republican Party, <clears throat> let's sign up. Let's find out who these people are. Mailing lists. Um, you know, I, I didn't see uh, a, like a known candidate with four or five signs there. Hey, this is 
so-and-so running for office. As you know, they don't, you don't get events like that. I mean, you don't get events in Rhode Island with the Republican Party where you get over 1,000 people. So therefore, when you do and you have something like a Trump boat parade, to me, you have to be right there. And if I were running the – I'd want to know who every single person is that's there. Get their name. Uh, find out if they're registered to vote. Try to get them to volunteer. Get them in with the campaign. If someone is willing twice – to go out to quote a Trump boat parade and hold a sign and uh, cheer and everything else. That is the type of enthusiasm to me you want to bring into the party on a local level. Uh, absolutely. I, but I think that speaks to the, the really challenging predicament. I guess I'm being nice here of the Republican party in, in this state. Uh, I mean, at this point, there's, there's a lot of disincentive to run. You do face a lot of attacks. You, you don't, from, from all sides, including an internal fire, circular firing squad type stuff. Um, a lot of the people are, you know, they, they want to do, as I said earlier, they're not in a, they're not young folks in a, a movement or a cult. They just want to do something good. They see a way they could do better policy and they, they decide to get into it. And so it's easy to knock them off that if, if it becomes a uncomfortable thing where, you know, everybody, including the local media is going to be against you on everything. Um, and so I, and I think that goes on up the line to a hesitance to express vocal support for president Trump, which we see not just among politicians, among, among voters. I mean, you often hear expectations that the polling for president Trump are way underperformed. So there, there is some, there, there's meaning that a lot of people support him who won't even tell pollsters that they do. So there is, I think, some hesitance there. And that's another cultivated thing around here and, and nationwide. Um, and then you, you get to the fact that you've got a, a party that's, you know, I, it doesn't have a lot of, a lot of people invested in the party. And I, I, I don't mean that it's a bad thing. It's just a, a fact of after decades of, I mean, a, a thing that applies to fault to anybody. It's just decades of having no, having no real standing. I mean, if you're in a Democrat party and on the left, and we've, we've talked about this and watched this with person after person, you can bounce around, you can run for office, you get an office in the government when one of your people has an opening, you can work in an activist organization or a nonprofit, or they'll set you up in a news media even. Uh, so you'll make a living trying to work that angle. And so it becomes like a job. Whereas on the conservative side, the Republican side in Rhode Island, it's really more, much more of a, of a hobby and so you are a, a public service hobby and you, you put all those together and you, you end up with a, it's a difficult, it's, it's very difficult to get the infrastructure in place, to get the people in place and then to go out and, and take the risk that, you know, if I, if I'm the local Republican person who has shown up at, um, who's shown up at a Trump rally, I'm going to be in the story as a big Trump supporter. And I don't know how that's going to play with my electorate. So you, you have that concern as well. Uh, and I, so I, I think that's a, a big systemic problem that, that the, the right has not figured out in Rhode Island. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more ahead. Justin Katz, politics this week, right here on the John DePetro. Saving, whether it's residential, commercial, seal coating or patios, J. Perry Paving. They'll always provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Folks, this is the perfect time to have it done. Call J. Perry Paving today. They offer free estimates for any project. Their work is just fantastic. Look for them online. It's jperrypaving.com or call them 401- 732 
1730. Visit their website, jperrypaving.com, and also look for them on Facebook, J. Perry Paving. Find out about the benefits of asphalt. J. Perry Paving, 732-1730. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today at 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. Have you been thinking about getting, maybe it's time, repair that roof? Maybe it is time for a new roof. All types of shingle, flat roofs. You know, it's so important for your structure, whether at home or work, you need a roof, folks. That is what keeps nothing else matters in your home. If you don't have a solid roof, call R&R Roofing today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401-823-1330. The owner, Richard Rossi, over 40 years in business. Call R&R Roofing today. Call for a free free estimate. All work is guaranteed. 401-823-1330. Fully insured. And on top of that, Angie's List award winner over five years in a row. Now, I've met with Richard. Folks, he cares. He cares attention to detail. And on top of that, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job. Job site is waterproof daily. Call for a free estimate. And all work is guaranteed. That makes such a difference. R&R Roofing. Now, if you're thinking of having your roof done, maybe it is time for a new roof. At least call, at least call R&R Roofing and get a free estimate. 401-823-1330. 401-823-1330 for R&R Roofing. You can also check out their website. It's r and r roofing ri.com. Call them 823-1330. It's R and R roofing. Sure. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCart.com. Justin, let's touch on the uh, back to school battle. Now it's <clears throat> still going to be in motion, and a lot of people are starting distance learning. Then supposedly in the next few weeks they're supposed to go back. On Friday, Bristol Warren teachers they tried a lawsuit well thursday and it went into friday the judge declined them what was ironic about that was there's no big outbreak in bristol warren um and then the providence teachers had a protest demonstration up at the state house they tried to do a demonstration with different people in the classroom showing how close the seats were uh, they they tried their antics but as of right now i wouldn't call it a full victory for governor Armando because you have certain districts like Warwick, Coventry, a few others that are still refusing to go back. But um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this back-to-school battle that's that we've watched played out over the past few weeks. Well, I, I guess it speaks to my my general perspective on on labor unions and the government. But the I, I just find it so striking that this is how we we run things in our our, 
our public education system. I mean, a Bristol Warren lawsuit. Uh, I mean, you said I you said that there's been no outbreak, and it's kind of hard not to chuckle at that because there's Bristol Warren has the single teacher in the entire state who was apparently right. tested positive. Uh, so I mean, of all the teachers, and we don't know. I haven't seen whether it was related to work or just she happened to have it from some other cause and or even just test positive and, and it was a you know could be a false positive test so so that's an outbreak now by our standards uh, and i mean they, that carries right through they in bristol warren they also one of the schools just to show how kind of tight their rules actually are they're not opening a high school full-time because by their rules they could only do it safely safely accommodate 25 percent of their student body which to me seems like an indication of, I mean, we don't hear year after year of Bristol Warren being a plague fest with the flu. So that shows you how, how really strict the rules have been. And the fact that the labor union is still going to court trying to stop that really shows you, I mean, how much, how much more could they ramp up anxiety in a population that's already anxious and already worried uh, parents having to send their schools, parents sending their kids back to school in this uh this confusing time you've got the teachers union saying it's not safe to go there and that carries through the providence i mean some of the rhetoric in these things the the, the, the contrast with any kind of private sector organization whether it's a school or otherwise is just surprising to me so you you get the teacher saying my my classroom wasn't cleaned well enough during the summer well you know that's a fair complaint but in most private organizations what you the complaint would be i had to go in over the summer and clean my own classroom and that's not even something we're hearing about. We're also not hearing about the cost of a lot of these measures we're already taking. And I think that's a big part of the story, because if the teachers are pushing for even more costs, then then what? where is this money coming from? So I, to me, it's a story of, of just it ought to be a, a wake up call that this this kind of whether you're afraid of or whether you're fearful of COVID at this point or not, it's kind of a wake up call that we really have problems with the way we, we run education. And if, if, you know, if we can't, if our schools are not safe under these circumstances, at some point, people are going to start asking, well, how can they be considered safe at, under any circumstances, which in Providence has been a longstanding thing that the union has been trying to push. So I, I think that's where people really can start to learn some lessons here. Uh, but I think it's also lamentable that the, the labor unions are, are in one way or another, trying to take advantage of the anxiety of the public and not working to make it, to ease it and make it better. I agree. And not only that, Justin, I mean, Providence especially, <clears throat> I mean, they started with the virus is too high, which by the way, apparently is still somewhat high. Then they moved into air filtration system. Then when that was defeated and then the virus numbers actually came down, Justin, then it was back to the old playbook of, and I, I'm just amazed that certain members of the media that play into this, it's the old photos of uh, here's the peeling paint and uh, the building is old and here's uh, look at this rusted pipe. And, you know, we're back to that whole thing again. And what does any of that have to do with COVID? <laughs> Very little. And I, I think that's I, it gets to the point you almost start to you when you bring up the, the local news media and the way they cover this. There's this assumption that the teachers are just these and the unions in particular, are just these, you know, uh, well-meaning folks who are trying to do right by their schools and really they need to start being made part of the, the story and part of the question is okay if this is the condition 
what is your role in this? You know, your labor union has been involved in this for decades. What is right. your role in this? You never, ever hear that. You never hear, well, why is there, we spend all this money on schools. Why is this not fixed up? It, it can't all be, you know, management incompetence. Why is the attitude of the, the employees so much, you know, you need to do this for me. You need to, you need to make sure my room's clean and not so much I will help. What can we do to make this better? I, so I think that's the, the narrative around the whole thing is, is really stuck in the, the kind of the standard union versus management um, line where really that ought to be start picking up at this point for crying out loud after a year, especially following a year with, with, the Johns Hopkins report on how terrible Providence schools are. I mean, that's, it's like that's disappeared and we've, we've completely not learned any, any of the lessons we ought to be learning. You know, you're exactly right. And not only that, I just find with the local media also, there's no pushback such as, okay, you, you are, let's just say, I'll take your word at it. This is the condition of this classroom that has the peeling paint and it's old and something rusted in the corner, whatever it is. When did you complain about it? Never mind, the union contract is 90 pages long. I mean, and there's all these different things in there. What did the principal say? What did the union representative say? What does the superintendent say about it? It, it? It's as if they're an island, as if there's just somewhere some, oh, look how terrible this is. You know, these teachers at this school that no one knows about is uh, putting up with these conditions. I, I That's why I just don't believe any of it. Um, there's There's no pushback as to, you know, when when was this even when was this photo taken? As you and I have talked about, they just keep some old pictures in a drawer and then they uh, pull them out. And then sure enough, boom, they get uh, sent around. But I think that um, I, don't, I don't think the battle is over. They're certainly uh, going back to distance learning, at least to start. But I think it'll be revisited. Folks, another quick break. Going to come right back. Justin Katz, politics this week, right here on the John, on the John DePietro show. This portion of our show is brought to you by Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today at 401-521-0200. Online, henryoil.com. Henry Oil, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, diesel, gasoline delivery. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. A Rhode Island success story, Henry Oil, their proud history. Think of that, 1947, started by Carmine. Henry DeSanto delivered fuel oil with a single truck operation, and their tradition continues. Call Henry Oil today. They do a great job. Carmine and Lori, 401 521 0200 online henryoil.com serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass they have lock and cap pricing they have budget plans automatic delivery oil burner service and installation fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery and 24-hour burner service you can depend on henry oil since 1947 401-521-0200 online at henryoil.com have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web 
at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police Fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me, he's the managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to get your thought. <clears throat> Barbara Ann Fenton, who's running against House Speaker Nick Mattiello, and by the way, the situation in Cranston, I think that really favors her for a victory with the Mattiello candidate. I don't think that got enough play. I mean, that uh, Farina who ran against Hopkins, number one, it's terrible that he was the endorsed Republican, but because uh, he's been a Democrat his whole life. But he didn't just get beaten. I mean, he got torn to shreds by Hopkins. But she put out a video and granted, you know, it's not going to air on television, but it goes online. And the way that people share things these this day uh, these days, it's about a minute and forty seconds long, and it talks about Mattiello being basically absent, marked absent during this whole crisis. I, I thought it was very very effective, a little long, and I told her that I would have trimmed it. You know, you got to have an editor. I would still would have trimmed it to about a minute, uh, but I think going forward, that is the way to go. And people, to me, will take a moment and watch a minute video, 90-second video, as opposed to all this money that they spend on mailers. Yeah, I, I think that's correct. And I know there's a lot of emphasis um, in marketing, in politics, and in business as well, to on getting kind of online content videos to catch that person who... I mean, it used to be you would you'd pay for commercials while you're trying to catch the person who's just sitting there flicking through the channels. Um while watching shows or trying to find something to, to watch. And I think a lot of that, that habit has moved online, but it, it's not as if, I mean, she did get media coverage. So there was some, she got some earned uh, media off of that, that ad. And so parts of it did run on television as news stories, uh, but it was effective. I agree a little long. Um, and, but at this point, we're also, we're, we've all gotten so used to zoom and, and, and online working and media uh and the technology is such that there's really no excuse for all candidates not to be doing this kind of thing. Uh, and I think her messaging on that was, was dead on. I mean, that's where has the general assembly been? The, the one thing you're supposed to do is represent the public. Where have you been? Um, and I, I think that pairs with, uh, she had a mailer out as well. That was very effective linking following Steve Frias and linking 
Matty Elder to all of the kind of corruption and, and scandals that have, have happened among his, his close associates in the General Assembly. So between those two, I, I, I think the messaging is on. I think the strategy is on, although, again, keep it a little bit shorter. Uh, but I, I think that's that's exactly where, where candidates need to be. And it's really actually kind of surprising that she's the only one making inroads with this. That You would think this would be a, a practice much more broadly i mean as we discussed a few minutes ago it is for some of the a lot of these candidates it's not a career on, on the right in the republican party in particular it's not a career it's something they're doing for public service and if if you could just hook them up with a, a quick way to get through to the get a message through to people that could be a, a huge force amplifier you know what else is just amazing about that is he's reacting to both sides of what she is putting out this is not a matter of um, that he's dictating the, the nature of, of this campaign, meaning Mattiello. And he seems to just be doing his typical, you know, send out some mailers. There he is smiling. There he is with an older person, with a younger person. Um, I give Bob Rand Fenton a lot of credit because so far uh, they even, um, you know, tried to uh, threaten legal action because of uh, the, the first thing that she sent out. But I, I thought the video was was right on the money. Folks, it's John DePietro. We speak with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, what, what is your thought that the General Assembly basically has said they're out of commission until after the election? It, it's it's just stunning. I mean, it's, uh, the idea that they're not going to be handling a budget until after the election, bringing it up in a, in a kind of a, the period between the election and when new people are sworn in. It's just... I, I you almost wonder if it's just they've gone this far they don't know how to get off the uh get out from under the desk they're kind of they just because any anything they do now kind of amplifies what they haven't been doing but it's it's just if, for months it's been clear that they ought to be meeting and there are, and as as Barbara Ann Fenton Fung said in her her uh video you know school committees are meeting everybody's meeting <laughs> the general assembly could have done by zoom could have gotten a large space they i'm sure they're going they've been going very cheaply uh convention center or or even theaters where they can't have shows anymore so give them a few bucks and rent it out and you can space everybody very well and especially now that we're watching kids go back to school you know if you can shuffle in hundreds or even in some cases near a thousand students into a school building uh, and keep them all spaced adequately for a whole day you can be running the general assembly and it really it really shows how little they've been doing and how how much work they haven't been doing and i think that's that could bite them not only as a as a talking point but because in contrast to that as we were talking about earlier that that progressive kid who's knocks on your door five times in the course of a campaign that's somebody who's visibly doing something and is interested in doing something to make government better well i disagree with what they're going to do but they they are visibly doing that whereas you can see the general assembly has not been doing its job and that's one of the saving graces if they can say well we're out there representing you if they can be getting their own earned news media by doing positive things getting those getting those checks to deliver to their local library and the, the cub scouts or whatever uh little league uh, they're not so much doing that because they've just completely disappeared and that's that's independent of any political judgment that's just completely wrong and and you can only kind of hope that the rhode island electorate sees it as such 
Yeah, it's it's um, <clears throat> it's really astounding. Speaker Mattiello clearly, and he's even told people, he 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 doesn't want to be back because he doesn't want any spotlight on him. He'd rather not get any attention, and he he feels his chances, from what I've been told, of getting reelected are better if they're not in session. As pathetic as that sounds, Justin. Finally, um, folks, again, our segment is politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. What do you make of of uh, Secretary of State Nelly Gobia mailing once again a mail ballot application to every person in the state? Well, I think it's one. It's a large waste of resources, um, and I. I the invitation to fraud continues to be to me astounding. I mean, you, you see, you see throughout the country here and there, just undeniable stories in, uh, in Patterson, New Jersey, for example, they had to invalidate an election due to mail fraud. And you see stories pop throughout the, the news media about people saying, yeah, this is how we do it. And New York post recently had an, an article about a Democrat operative who, who described the, the way they use mail ballots for fraud. So I think that's, that's, a large concern. Um, I am kind of, and this ties right back to the progressives doing so well with the mail ballots. I am kind of surprised in as much as I thought a lot of this fraud would, would, well, opportunity for fraud would, um, would benefit the insiders. And you could say that's the old narrative before the primary would have been that the Senate president killed the bill to, to expand mail ballots because, or no, the surprise was that he killed the, the bill to expand mail ballots ballot access because you would think it would help the insiders. Uh, so I, I think it throws a huge variable into all this. I think it, there, there was a lot of risk um, we saw with the primary but in those few days where it looked like the progressives had had a huge sweep and where it turned out we found out that they did. Um, if it had gone the other way, you would have had a very dissatisfied um, contingent of voters out there and to, to throw that into a general election year with the presidential race on down the ticket you're asking for a lot of trouble and i i don't see the the legal authority for her to be doing this anyway um but i so that's that's my take on it i think we're just we're not we're we're asking for trouble and it's not necessary again the kids are going back to school people are going to stores restaurants if you can do that you can go vote it's it's not a terribly uh frightening prospect Folks, he's the managing editor at OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. I look forward to speaking with you again.